Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EDH Jank Center podcast. This is the podcast. Just kidding. This is a cheeky little show where we break down five janky budget or underutilized cards every other week. These cards may not be the best, most efficient, or even good, but here at the Jank Center, we believe every single card deserves a chance to shine. As always, I'm except, your host, Jordan. Except your favorite card, listener. Your favorite card, we don't think deserves to shine. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just That's... feeling antagonistic. You can finish your intro. I was going to say, well, let me introduce you first. Oh, Good yeah, God. right. Sorry. And today I'm joined by my co-host, the indelible Crest Lightning. Do you have a word written down for every episode? uh i'm trying to do a thing where i introduce you with a different adjective every Mm -hmm. single episode i'm gonna be honest at least the last three episodes i don't know what words you used i have them right here i I write them down every single time (laughs) episode one was incredible Mm -hmm. episode two was remarkable i know what those words mean episode three was astounding episode number four is indelible which is this one hello there folks this is jordan from the editing booth here just to tell you that i made a mistake here and this this, what you're listening to is episode five. Episode four is the first ever installment of Five Cards or Die with Chuki from Keeping It Casual. Oh, so this is the only word I don't know what that means. Indelible. I'll give you a definition here. Okay. Indelible is not able to be forgotten or removed. Whoa. <laughs> you're unforgettable. Undestructible is the key word. Indestructible. Indestructible. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the most manic intro we've had so far. Well, let's talk a little sure. bit about that. We haven't recorded in a little bit. Yeah, the, all the episodes are backlogged, so people don't know this, but we just came off. This is our first episode recording. It's 2024, after, baby! Yeah. In the new year, baby! <laughs> yeah, this is our first episode recording in the new year and after a pretty lengthy uh, break for the holidays. And I just got... I still probably have COVID brain because I'm recovering from COVID. And my uh, my wife and I, our anniversary is this month. So it's just been, <laughs> that's a wild back to back. Like, okay, we're done with all the holidays and then important dates. And then Jordan was like, I got COVID. Yes, literally. <laughs> I, I was like, 2024 is my year, bro. <laughs> Immediately gets sniped with COVID. And it was crazy. It happened at work. Like, it, like the symptoms really came on at work and I was, I didn't even know what it was at first. I thought it was the flu also because the flu is kind of going around as well. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it's the time for all the. Yeah. And so it hit me and luckily my partner, she was at the restaurant at the time and was able to drive me home. Cause honestly, I don't think I could have driven yeah. home in the, in the state that I was in. And then, yeah, I've just been kind of COVID brain for the past week. Yeah. That's kind of the worst part. I got it in 2021 Mm. uh and i remember the like fogginess was like kind of the hardest thing to deal with yeah no i didn't i didn't even really know what that meant because again this is the first time i'd gotten it i've been pretty lucky Mm. uh been pretty safe and a combination of both i'd say safe and luck and i didn't really know what brain fog even meant like what that really meant or what that felt like until i got it and i was like oh oh like i just can't focus on anything at all right but that's the thing being sick has allowed me a lot of leisure time, which has been nice because I've had Wait. to isolate. I have had no energy. So what have you been doing? What have you been doing? <laughs> what have I been doing, Chris? That's a great question. So much 
<laughs> so many things I've watched. So many. I've been catching up on My Hero Academia, which is my favorite anime. An anime that is very good. I uh, also, uh, I, well, I read the manga. Yeah, I love it so much. I love it because I love the X-Men. Yeah. And it's it feels ve- yeah. to me like Japanese X-Men. And yeah. it's just so sick. Yeah, I agree. And I love, personally, I just love how My Hero gives everyone, it's almost, you could argue, the EDH Jank Center of animes. Like, in terms of, like, character It gives every, every character gets yeah. a chance to shine. Yeah, 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 you're right, though. And every it's character like, gets a little arc, a little mini. You know, there's there's that one guy from Class B who literally has the power to create, like, like expletives uh like comic book yes i <laughs> was laughing so hard i when they said that like his name is comic man or something and i was like what does that mean and then they were like he can turn onomatopoeias into li- like what into, into physical things that shatter reality and then and then never touch that character again but that was really fun for that one day <laughs> <laughs> It made me laugh so much. Uh, yeah, I, I just got to the um, the Class A versus Class B fights, and that's been really fun. I'm excited to see where it goes. It's uh, about to get insane. I figured. Did, did you, you finish the Class B, Class A fights? Yes, I haven't gotten to the next episode, though. So, like, Midoriya just discovered... Sorry, spoiler alert, anyone who hasn't watched it, but well, well, Midoriya blink. just discovered uh, yeah. the webs. Yeah. Like, he just communicated with one of the people who used to have one for all that shit's about to get i yeah i i don't know i mean it's a spoiler but like uh, there's like two seasons li- past right or one season uh i think so. already after that's you're in season five yeah uh yeah season six is already out just got to episode 100 i believe yeah uh so sorry but yeah so that's about to get insane yeah i also was watching a lot of like like the sort of auxiliary youtube videos that i wouldn't be watching because my schedule is typically very full Mm. Not to flex, but I'm a very busy man. Okay. And I don't have <laughs> I don't have time typically to like watch um like the wired videos where it's like we got a chess expert to rank chess movie scenes. I mean that's not the kind of YouTube I watch, but you know. You know what I mean? No. But it's like those little but those I little like sub interest videos. I watch forty five minute video essays on why a certain palace and fucking legend of zelda is like (laughs) from this particular game in the newest game and how lore is a plot how they how the lore is connected between games 20 years apart so i feel like our youtube (laughs) algorithms are so different right uh mine is always just like it's like mtg football highlights acting stuff so like that kind of shit like movies yeah 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 with some with actor jack black breaks down his career in movies like that kind of stuff and then there's also uh oh my god i feel like i'm missing a huge one oh music production yeah it's like how to get your snares sounding whatever it'd be really interesting for us to talk about like our top five favorite (laughs) channels that we watch like not mtg related Ooh, that's a good Uh, one Right, because we both partake in some MTG online activities. Indubitably, but indubitably. Not, uh, but I think it'd be interesting to see each other's like what people's are. What people's are. Uh, what people are you watching regularly? I'd like that too. That'd be cute. We're gonna we're gonna bookmark that for the future. But yeah, that's probably why we're so manic. Is what is the I'm point of all this? I'm just excited to hear your voice. <laughs> That's literally so cute. I love that so much. I'm excited to hear your voice. 
and I think I'm also excited to get into the card selections Tradition. for this yeah. week, baby. 2024 is a year of uh, <laughs> something. Better transitions. Well, and there's some sets this year. Ooh, baby, yes. Yeah. Ooh, baby. We just started with the uh, Ravnica Remastered was the end of the year, right? Ravnica Remastered, I thought, was... Um, the end of the year, right? I thought it was beginning of this year. Is it now? I think it's now. Or it's it's in previews now, I think. Oh, okay. So it is it is start the start. Okay. Nice. Which means our viewers can now... Or our listeners slash viewers can now pinpoint when we recorded this. Uh, approximately. They don't know what day. <laughs> they don't know what day. We, and, and we won't I tell them what day. will never tell. Yeah. <laughs> that secret dies with us <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> um, what's our first card of the day jordan well chris i'm glad you asked <laughs> i did it ask. is tyrite sanctum baby and if you're a fan of the channel uh you'll know that this is an extremely pet card of mine i love this card so much so this is a colorless land uh the copy that we're going to be talking about today is from commander masters because it's the cheapest the co the copies from kaldheim the set that it was originally printed in are over a dollar so in keeping with the spirit of the show got to keep it under a dollar so there are printings that are under $1. It taps for a colorless mana. You can also pay two and tap it. Target legendary creature becomes a god in addition to its other types. Put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And then you can pay four colorless and tap it and sacrifice it. You can put an indestructible counter on target god. I mean, this is a good card. I love it. <laughs> I, it's, I will literally go to bat and say that you, could, you should put this in basically every single commander deck. Yeah. That's what I do. I mean, every I, list of mine has this. For sure. I mean, it, I mean, Commander, you're bound to have a lot of legendary creatures, right? Exactly. Especially your Commander. It, it, you're almost always trying to do something I, with your Commander. Why not have a utility land right. that you can protect it with? And I feel like <clears throat> we talk about this a lot, but Kaldheim just always brings in bangers. Oh, I feel yeah. like Kaldheim just, like, that set felt very, like, they knew what they were doing. Not that <clears throat> no other sets feel like that but it really felt like kaldheim just was just like it works in this format it works in this it works uh you know it, it was so cohesive yeah uh, all all the colors you know thinking about all the different realms and stuff and oh my gosh uh, yes the aesthetic of kaldheim's yeah. design was so good but it worked so, so well good. mechanically as well i think for mm -hmm. for the individual uh you know if you're talking about the color pie and and it just really felt like they understood mm -hmm. how to make this world feel in game and yeah. i think uh not every set every set does that to a degree but it kind of all blends together with all the releases but call time really stood stood out yeah i would agree with that i would agree with that i think the design there the whole design team deserves to be praised for that because it was genuinely so impressive and, and, and immersive mm -hmm. and they provided like you said some really awesome cards for a bunch of formats tyrite sanctum is one of my favorite lands in the game yeah i there's like a list of like a few colorless lands that i'll always try and slot in a deck because i feel like they're almost always useful this is one of them it not only comes in so first of all it comes in untapped yeah it's a, a it's lot of a times when, it, when a land does a cool thing, you know, you either have to pay life or it comes in tapped. You got to wait a turn, mm -hmm. something like that. This has no downside for a budget land. It's gr that's great. Yeah, it can come in and immediately tap for mana, which is what you want. It keeps you on curve, right? right. It trades color identity for having some crazy abilities. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it also can buff up a creature, which is almost always useful great for plus one plus one counter synergies if you're doing that kind of thing and then also at the end 
and this typically does fly under the radar. I've done it multiple times in games because generally land removal is not that common. And also people have other concerns <laughs> in a game of magic. Typically, they're not going to be paying attention to, oh, can can that person get Tyrite Sanctum off? Like I need to remove their creature before that happens. Typically, you can you can activate this no problem if you're holding up mana and, you know, sort of mm -hmm. playing it patiently. And yeah, this is just perfect for Commander where you want to protect your stuff and ensure that your strat is solidified. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I like the counter aspect of this card. So I like that mm -hmm. it gets plus one, plus one counters. I like that it gets an indestructible counter because like yeah. counter removal exists, but yeah, it's especially not... Especially more now. Right, but it's not like the... I think the first and foremost type of removal you think of when you put no. in stuff into your deck and uh, you know, counter synergy is a thing. Thanks to uh, like uh, different types of counters, uh, uh, new Capanna. Yes. Right. Like there's tons of uh, Andicoria and Right. There's tons of, right. There's sets. Right. I want to talk about this too. There's sets that this card becomes almost like just like uh, an evergreen card right because mm. of the counter synergy because it's just really pretty good keyword buffs i think that's what i think is the most special about call time and a lot of these cards is that yeah mm. they they're so cohesive in like the the norse universe you know in call time the plane that they created mm -hmm. that is you know flavorful but also each of these individual cards everything was curated so well that you want to use these in later decks it synergizes mm -hmm. with other sets yeah right like it's the, no, the, it's great each card in this set felt like it was like made to be like an evergreen card that will go yeah. forward move forward in some way and i do think that the game in general has shifted that way because of commander as a format but sure i think that call time did this like did both right so successfully yeah and this card is a good right like thinking counter synergies not even just like your plus one plus ones you know your your standard buff multiplier decks but like also like okay well if i've got an indestructible counter on here and i'm gonna proliferate that onto something you know not proliferate you can move the counters right. yeah that, because it's it's not just a keyword it's not giving something indestructible right you have a counter now that you can move around with things like the ozolith mm -hmm. so if your creature with the indestructible counter ends up getting removed somehow <laughs> if you have the ozolith out you can move that counter onto the ozolith and then onto another creature right there's tons of stuff you could do because it has a counter now yeah also something to note is that this is also great for not only plus one plus one counter decks mm -hmm. but also voltron strategies that are just trying to get a creature in reliably and safely for damage right. every single turn yeah that indestructible counter is going to be just literally I mean, yeah you do banger. that right off the it's bat you be... play it for four and then that's a pretty good four drop <laughs> also something to know a little fun fact obviously you need to wait you need to activate this twice typically mm -hmm. to get the thing but if your creature is like a changeling already a god call time gods there you go i mean but you still can buff immediately buff theros yeah, gods exactly. if you want to right like also or any legendary creature <laughs> yeah <laughs> any commander yeah. because it's sacrificable you can also recur this land if you got that kind of synergy in your deck there's tons of stuff you could do and i just wanted to highlight this card because well it's one of my faves and i thought we'd start off the new year with one of my fave cards of all time well i'm glad you did i wanted uh so something we got we got a lot of feedback uh we've been you know it like i said That's it's true. been there's been a little bit of a break uh between some of the episodes uh we've uploaded and 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 how what we've recorded and what we're when this episode airs um from mm -hmm. the last one 
so for you it's not going to feel like that but for us it has been <laughs> sure uh yeah and and so uh one of the one of the big things is we want to highlight maybe more since we are talking you know edh jink right like we are talking commander here we wanted to highlight some commanders for each of jordan's picks because i feel like i build decks a little differently than maybe jordan does uh and the av- even even the average <laughs> jank person probably builds uh very let's make this mechanic work uh which is weird but like jank from like a playing the game standpoint but i like to just like roll with the, my jank is very much like heart of the cards Yu-Gi-Oh. whatever i pull as long as the deck is cohesive uh it should be In okay to just like keep vibe. Playing. yeah it should be okay to just like keep playing it no matter what the card is yeah so i try to build very like flavorful you know i i kind of don't really think about mechanics right off the bat so i wanted to highlight a commander for each of these cards and for tyrite sanctum I had to look up co- tons of stuff about call time. So I'm I, I'm not like the most well-versed in, I'm not an expert on MTG lore. There are real MTG lore sure. experts that you can go watch their videos on YouTube and then come yeah. back and tell me if I'm, I'm wrong about anything. I am somebody who uses the fandom, the wikis, the, you know, the scryfall as a tool to build decks <laughs> so yeah, i yeah, my, yeah. my 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 knowledge is not like the best but i'm doing my best <laughs> that's okay and that's all and that counts baby Tyrite sanctum i could not find where this go like where this is in call time oh uh, really right and so is it in the tree so tyrite is like the magic that is like an ore or magic okay. that is derived from the world tree. Okay. Um, that thing, like things are imbued with, like there's the Tyrite sword, which is an enchantment. Yep. And so is this a sanctum in the world tree? Cause we know where that is. Right. But which is on, uh, I believe one of, one of the 10 worlds it's on, uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Istfel. Um, cause that's where the base of the world tree is. So, but I don't know. It could be literally anywhere yeah. if they have, like there's a Valkyrie place. There's a, you know, like a dark elf place. There's a dwarf mm-hmm. place. Like any of these, there's the human place. Any of these people could have like gotten Tyrite and created their own sanctum as like a warship to the world tree. Yeah. Or this is like in, like in the tree itself. I don't know. Somebody will know the answer to that. And please tell me, cause I could not figure it out. Yeah. But that being said, my lore pick for Commander is, I think, Essica, God of the Tree, Ooh. which is already a god, right? Is a god from Kaldheim. Mm-hmm. Legendary mm-hmm. creature god. Vigilance, tap, add mana of any color. So look at that. You've got two mana on the board. Nice. <laughs> Other legendary creatures you control, Vigilance, and tap for a man of any color. So this is really good. And and it's also one of the gods that you could cast as an enchantment. One of each mm-hmm. color at the beginning of your upkeep. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature or planeswalker card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So that's just good. I think this is a great commander card. You use that first ability first, and then you pay yeah. the two you pay the two tax on uh, your legendary creature if you want that later game. I think this works so well because you stay you can go in like any deck. Yeah. And so, what about building a rainbow deck? <laughs> right. <laughs> you put as many legendary creatures as you want in there. So, like the idea for this yeah. theme deck would be a legendary cre- a Kaldheim based 
legendary so like all cre- the gods all the gods all the legendary creatures from all the different yeah. worlds of Kaldheim. um <gasps> i love that all actually. the 10 worlds really or the you know based off the nine realms and just having just this like mix of uh you know a, you know a rainbow <laughs> deck but that's like legendary creature themed and i think having indestructible counters and plus one plus one counters with this uh you're not really worried about mana uh mm-hmm. could be, mm-hmm. could just make for interesting games like a chaotic yeah fun 100%. game and that's the kind of game i like to play i love that and thank you for that that beautiful selection that was great i also think just generally speaking vorel of a hulk laid <laughs> uh, your favorite any plus one plus one counter deck really that wants to go vertical specifically yeah and voltron decks so basically anything that's a voltron build you could do rafika the many you could do right. evra halcyon witness you could do ruhan of the fumori i mean there's tons tons of ways you could take this tons of places you could put this in it could just slot in uh, right that's what you're saying yes you should just slot this in literally any deck literally any deck unless your deck doesn't have a ton of legendary creatures in it so like that's the only or like you somehow want your commander to like die a lot which some people do could also be valid but i think it's generally useful in pretty much everything Mm -hmm. um but yeah let's uh let's move on to the next card of the day cards 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 cards. (laughs) and it's gonna be route three white white sorcery this one is from conspiracy it Uh says you may cast route anytime you could cast an instant uh if you pay oh wait no this is ugly text we're gonna do the oracle text (laughs) Uh, you may cast route as though it had flash if you pay two more to cast it so if you pay seven to cast it right. c- you can be cast as an instant it says destroy all creatures they can't be regenerated that's pretty good so this is just yeah this is a board wipe and i there's a reason i wanted to talk about it on the um, on the pod we play with board wipes uh well we're gonna get to that <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing this is a board wipe Typically, now we we are gonna. I, I do want to talk about like our opinions on board wipes and things, uh, because I do believe it's something that should be out there in the in the discourse mm-hmm. in the dialogue of the greater MTG universe. But this is something that I would actually consider running. I don't run many board wipes personally in my decks. This is something that's sort of relatively new for me. But I've developed a kind of philosophy over around the game, and board wipes just aren't necessarily part of it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. This is something I would consider running because of its utility. Because I can either cast it on my turn for cheap, cast it on another person's turn if i if the situation requires it which requires it yeah i love situational cards like that versatility versatility it. versatility yeah. your favorite exactly exactly <laughs> the mana cost is what makes this janky in my opinion Agreed. like there are cheaper board wipes and just objectively quote-unquote better board wipes that exist mm-hmm. but the utility and versatility make this a better a favorite inclusion of mine if i'm going to be going to a board wipe for something mm-hmm. um there's a few other cards that i really like as well but um instant speed can be so so valuable this can come in clutch if someone thinks you're dead to rights and swings out at you and they think that you know you have nothing and you have seven mana open pow you've just reset the game and potentially given yourself a way out of the situation that you were previously in right but yeah i just wanted to talk about board wipes a little bit because okay i don't know how you feel about them but so i just had a big long spiel about making flavor decks i don't really care if you have a board wipe in your deck if it's part of like a cool deck right like if you're playing a deck that this like feels like they would use I think that's fine on the board. The card artwork right now is this is Elish Norn. If I know you're playing a deck with Elish Norn as a commander, I'm going to be like, okay, that makes sense for you to run in it. And it doesn't really, because if I've already 
consented to that on as at you know uh, you know rule zero you know i know that's the deck person is playing i kind of know what i'm getting myself into right so i i don't really care all that much as long as it's you know you're not building just a deck that punishes right like and if you are at least make it flavorful (laughs) right like (laughs) uh, but also if you're playing a low power deck and you need a board wipe to stay in the game with some other people I think that's fine too. Definitely. You know, if you're playing like a really weird deck and you haven't been able to pop off yet, and this is like a a short little reset so that uh, you get to do your thing on the table, Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. I I don't really mind removal at all. I like to play blue. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, yeah, sure. I I, I play with a lot of things that uh, affect the board state. So it doesn't really matter to me. What I don't like is I don't like when people board wipe early and i don't Mm. like when people i guess if you're gonna reset the game have an if it's not flavorful please let this be your like win con like (laughs) you know uh don't don't reset the game without having cards to play sure so we're all just sitting for another three turns before uh, anybody's engine can get started do you personally run a lot of board wipes how many do you think you run in when in your typical builds so uh, I probably run like one or two in a deck if it's a deck that board wipes make sense for. Like I have an Ajani cat deck that has no yeah. real win con other than play strong creatures and make those creatures strong. So when people keep killing my creatures or they have too many creatures on the board, it's not like a huge token deck or anything like that. You know, it's pretty slow. So I put a board wipe in that to sort of make sure anybody running large tokens, they can't just like overwhelm my like five cats that are like just yeah. hanging out you know so i I, yeah i i but i use it as like it's got to feel cohesive you can't just put a board wipe in it because it's like oh i got my counters i got my removal i've got my board wipes no don't Mm -hmm. i don't like building decks like that yeah it's got to make sense with what you're building yeah i agree i think personally it's it's a bit of a philosophy for me to always encourage people playing their stuff and i'd much rather have a loss in a game of commander Mm -hmm. than win after five hours and it's the only game we've played that night sure and board wipes because i remember a specific game with us (laughs) on spell table with our friends where there was like five board wipes in the game (laughs) And it was, and I'm sure everyone who's, there's plenty of people who've been in this situation too, who can relate. It's torture. Yeah. I mean, it can be. (laughs) Having to rebuild a fifth time is torture. That is literally awful. And I would so much rather have a a fun game where we all get to do our stuff and destroying everything on the board just isn't conducive to that philosophy. So I, I prefer single target removal over mass board wipes and if you are going to run a board wipe i personally think it should be an asymmetrical board wipe to ensure to make it essentially a win con so if you have an army on board and you wipe everyone else's board and swing out for the win there you go that is a bit more justifiable to me to include in a deck than something like route multiple times yeah right uh i would rather include something like single target removal or something else that benefits my strategy right I, or, or something wipes. like you know destroy all artifacts or something something that's like very situational mm-hmm. that like you don't necessarily need to use or that you'll benefit off of there yeah. are tons of cards that will benefit off of artifacts hitting the graveyard right and creatures hitting the graveyard so if it's strategic i get it um but personally i it's one max 
right. in a deck for me, well, personally. I, I think one or two is fine. I, I also think that if you're playing board wipes, you know how expensive they are. Make them expensive. Yeah. Make them expensive to play. You don't need to play that super quick. If you have a board wipe, it should be your end game card, right? We, we're just talking about this. I kind of don't like that this card is only five, but I like that you can play it with Flash for two, so you're probably going to hold on to it and play with Flash when you have right. you know, a better scenario, a specific scenario in mind. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I also, if you're playing an underpowered deck and you need the board wipes, it doesn't really bother me that much. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's situational, but I'm not going to go in and be like, I'm not going to go into every rule zero and be like, hey, how many board wipes do you have in your deck? <laughs> I don't I don't care that much about yeah, board wipes. Same. I uh, see I I think that it is torture to rebuild five times, but I also think if you're playing in a group that's managed to pull off the top of their deck, their one card of ninety nine that's a board wipe and all four people have done that. Yeah. I think that's pretty yeah, funny. I guess so. <laughs> That is pretty funny. It definitely is pretty funny That's in a hindsight. Unique, yeah, one of a kind experience, but also it's a really long one. So I, I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> it's the same reason why I don't. I'll play single target removal and I'll play that kind of stuff, and I'll play maybe some pillow fording because mm-hmm. I do run a lot of force combat decks, which you need that stuff. I won't do stacks and I won't do multiple board wipes or things like that because I would rather encourage the board to be full and games to be over and. Multiple multiple games to be had in a night than one super long game which can be fun those can be also very fun but in terms of the style of game that i want to encourage and play in i think my my philosophy would be yeah i'm only running right. one of these like the those can max. be fun but don't right if you're gonna take a long time to rebuild your own fort don't put a board wipe in your own deck right like right if you're somebody that a board wipe's gonna affect don't make that happen <laughs> to, right <laughs> to, to take your next four turns <laughs> Although I have been in games where it's like, okay, does anyone have a board wipe? Please, does anyone have a board wipe? Right. And no one does. Well, and you're and like, sometimes it's you, it's you know. what's needed, right? If single target doesn't sure. remove, you know, an indestructible creature or, or sorry, a creature that is, you, I guess exile can, but a creature that is uh, protection from a specific color, right? But see, uh, at that point, I'd all... rather just lose the game and get another game in than, you know, wish there was a board wipe. Pers- I, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, no, I think I would just rather. I'm not about ending things quickly just for the sake of getting another game in where i can shine i, I i'm more of a oh, i want to see things through till the end kind fair of enough. player fair enough but i i do think that again i think there's ways that this can get salty quickly <laughs> oh yeah it, uh, i've played oh, decks yeah. where like they've somehow maneuvered a way to where the board wipe isn't going to affect them at all and it's mm-hmm. just like oh so you're just not letting us do anything to your board state even though your board state can't kill us so you're just getting rid of our board state and and continuing to build your board state. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where it's like, you didn't need to do that. <laughs> if you're board wiping your opponents, yeah. you should be able to win. Uh, th- like, exactly. It should be a win con. Unless somebody you know, like, else. If it's asymmetrical like that. Responds with something that, you know, messes up yeah. your win con. And then it's like, okay, if this lasts another hour or so, it's like, at least <laughs> that was an exciting moment we watched. Sure, 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 sure. Or, uh, you know, five hours. <laughs> you know, it would be really good to have on the field if you cast route what a creature with indestructible counter on it oh yeah from tyrite <laughs> sanctum baby do you want to hear my commander pick for this card please do please do <laughs> 
So ex- all of conspiracy moving forward, this card's card art has Elish Norn on the front. So my yes, brain was does. like, not what you're thinking. <laughs> Let's not build an Elish Norn deck, but mono okay. white Phyrexians is like a kind of a vibe. Yeah, especially after the recent sets, mm-hmm. for sure. And Absolutely. So, and so, and one that kind of works with a port wipe in particular that I think is really interesting is Skrelv Defector Might. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a legendary <laughs> artifact creature, Phyrexian Might, with Toxic 1. Players dealt combat damage by this creature also get a poison counter. Uh-huh. Uh, Skrelv Defector Might can't block. <laughs> great yeah i uh, love it one phyrexian white mana tap choose a color another target creature you control gains toxic one and and hexproof from that color until end of the turn it can't be blocked by creatures of that color this turn phyrexian white can be paid with either one white or two life i think this is a fun pick i think this is a crazy yeah. card to build <laughs> Off of an entire people are doing it though. An entire white Phyrexian theme deck featuring this as your commander. Sure, if you put Route in this deck, sure. <laughs> At least you can play. You know, if you've only lost Skrelv once, it's only three more mana to bring Skrelv out. If you've already paid yeah. seven mana for your board wipe, three mana is not. That's you true. can get your commander back on the board. <laughs> Although, and if... it can hit for some poison right afterwards. So if you've already been hitting small poison counters throughout the game, I was going to say like if you're going that route, if you're going like infect or poison counters in mono white with Skrelv as the general mm-hmm. like a board wipe is definitely useful in that deck because first of all people are going to be targeting you but second of all keeping the board clear while you like proliferate stuff or that's a that's a decent strategy so I I, I love that home I think, I think that's the great. danger salt for playing with poison proliferate trying to make poison counters just like fast uh, can be not fun for people so I kind of yeah. like this like idea of a mono white you're getting pretty strong while you're just dealing little bits of poison it's like a slow yeah slow drain yeah. poison <laughs> which i think is like a fun uh, at the table where people are like okay I've, I've got five poison counters but like what is that like you don't know when they're gonna play that end game card right you have that sure. on your sleeve so I, I i think playing a slow but like also you're pillowing <laughs> up your life so that you know they're I like i love you i love your little like you can't the viewers can't see it but you're whenever you're saying slow you're doing like a little jig which i love yeah it was geeking me out sorry i had to point that out so i mean i think that would be a fun that's just an idea you yeah you know i love it listen i'm sure our viewers can come up with other cool ideas and Skrelv is just a little guy he's so just cute like me minus the being a phyrexian artifact yeah and monster. like definitely like feasting on somebody's arms flesh and stuff anyways someone's little fingies actually i think those are fingies yeah okay let's move on to the next card shall we yeah all right the next card of the day this is this might be my favorite card in the list just in terms of i'd never seen it before and it's so interesting to me it's a vibe this is blind fury two red red instant from mirage and i'm going to read the oracle text here because it's an older card Hmm. all creatures lose trample until end of turn if a creature would deal combat damage to a creature this turn it deals double that damage to that creature instead dude i absolutely mess with this card i think this is such 
such a fun little combat trick and i had never seen it before someone we have a janky gems yeah uh channel in the discord and someone in the discord you know people just be posting their finds like cool cards that they find and i saw this one and i was like oh my gosh this is actually so fun and cool um there's lots of really fun red combat tricky cards and this is especially in the older sets and this one's really fun it, it erases trample mm-hmm. it, it literally just it's almost a fog in that uh if you have blockers up but someone casts like an overwhelming stampede or a crater hoof behemoth Mm -hmm. something that's like you know the classic win con give everything trample and plus x plus x and just sort of swing out the main thing typically that kills you is the trample right typically unless you have nothing on your board in which case you're just you're you're done but if you have blockers up all of a sudden you cast blind fury and this is just like a regular combat step you could just chump block and live to see another day which i loved that additionally the damage doubling is just the icing on the cake you love your versatility you're picking your gems based off of how versatile they are yeah yeah i see you jordan and i see this card (laughs) i appreciate that and i just love it in token decks specifically i think would be great and that's that's pretty much it i mean you can use this you know krenko decks love this and that's running mono red tokens could be fun anything with red in it that's running tokens could be fun um and that's kind of all she wrote about this card I, I just wanted to point it out i thought it was a really fun little janky guy it's very janky this card sent me down a rabbit hole jordan i um <laughs> what do you mean a deck i want to build now so the flavor text of this card says tell me have you ever sung the song of blood which is uh, and then it's quoted from a character named paraj of urborg oh yeah i don't know oh interesting uh anything about paraj more, <laughs> like story wise but i looked up it's a card sure. it's a mono black legend creature and it's it's a panther of urborg so urborg Whoa. right is the is, is yagmoth's lair or whatever on dominaria uh-huh. the panthers yeah. of urborg are like night stalkers which is a, a thing on dominaria but they're all cats they're all panthers they're like a specific and i don't know very much about it but i'm like what about red black cat deck that seems <laughs> wild so i uh i looked for any cats that were uh yeah red and black and there were only two that i could come across that were interesting enough one is mahadi emporium master yes uh, the one that's recent relatively recently printed yeah which is from Baldur's gate uh it is a cat devil very fun very at the fun. beginning of your end step create a treasure token for each creature that died this turn um so i mean this could be in response to you using that losing all of your token creatures or, or all of your creatures on the board defending all of those tramplers right that are no longer tramplers yeah. you you could then get that many token you know treasure tokens off of this commander which is cool but he's also from Baldur's gate and a devil and doesn't like vibe with dominaria all that much to me sure sure so sure the other pick could be fun if you and you don't have to partner it with trin if you don't want to but silvar devourer of the free oh yes yes Menace. i actually have this card in my collection uh it's three black and a red uh you could partner with trin champion of freedom but in this case we'd be doing mono black and red uh, or not mono black and red black and red cat themed but it's a cat nightmare so sure you could put in some humans and stuff as like fodder for your cats i guess right uh it's dominaria it's urborg uh menace yeah, yeah. <laughs> sacrifice a human put a plus one plus one counter and De- silvar devour the free it gains indestructible until the end of turn yeah so there's this some is fun such a sick card you can do i love this card a lot so those are the things i would do because there aren't any others that are just red and black there are like you could yeah. do lord wind grace who is literally a panther and 
and has uh, sure. I think is black, red, green planeswalker. And then you could also do there's another there's like a cat dragon, a Lord Windgrace cat deck would be crazy especially because a lot of cats are in white and you would just be like hard pressed i feel like to find a lot of cats well i was thinking mono like or uh, not mono but red and black specifically i i can think of a few but i don't know how many there are you'd have to really dig deep if you wanted to make that work little scryfall search could do it yeah yeah can anyone find how many cats could be included in a rakdos cat deck put it in the comments and should we bring back panthers in general i mean it can be labeled as cat in the in the and you know in the in the oracle text but should we bring back literal panthers Panthers? that would be sick like panther i'm I'm a fan of that yeah i'm into it i'm i'm fully into that some cats in a different uh color wheel if you will yeah 100 percent. i think we're moving on to my last selection of the day it better be a good one (laughs) i think it is a very good one okay today my last selection is blood mist this is three and a red enchantment this is from eldritch moon it says at the beginning of combat on your turn target creature you control gains double strike until end of turn that's pretty good it is pretty decent and and i and you just get to choose one interesting and it could be a different one so this is like the crazy older cousin of that one card duelist's heritage Mm -hmm. Hello everyone, Jordan from the editing booth again here and just realizing now that I forgot to read the card. So here it is. Duelist Heritage is two and a white enchantment. It says whenever one or more creatures attack, you may have target attacking creature gain double strike until end of turn. This is uh, obviously one-sided and it's in red and not white, but mm. in aggressive decks, this does work. I you don't need it to be on anybody else's turn when it's no when it's when you're playing aggressive if I'm doing combat stuff I'm always considering this card because double strike is literally always good I will never not want double strike right you know what I mean and this is something that's static it happens every turn so it's giving you value after you cast it for turns on end um and and if you're really pushing the issue maybe someone removes this but again I think it's something that will generally speaking fly under the radar a lot of the time especially in a four-person game of Commander. Agreed. And yeah, this is just a this is a good little guy, dude. It works in plus one plus one counter decks, works in Voltron decks. It works in like power or damage doubling stuff like combat tricky decks. Red is great at those things. So if you're running a red sort of aggressive deck, I'd, I'd say consider putting this card in there. Uh, my selection like for the commander that mm-hmm. I would love this to be in is uh, Ruhan of the Fumori. So Ruhan of the Fumori is one red, white, blue legendary creature giant warrior. It says at the beginning of combat, on your turn, choose an opponent at random. Ruhan of the Fumori oh. or Fumori attacks that player this oh, combat you like if that able. No personnel. I'm just I'm just beating <laughs> up a player. Someone random. And it's a four drop seven seven, which is crazy. You can play this and give it double strike, and it's dealing potentially 14 of, of the 21 commander damage required to kill a player. This can greatly accelerate your game, especially if you have a way to make it unblockable, which in blue there are plenty of by the way yeah i just think this is super solid that's my selection for the commander can go in but it can go in a ton of other builds i'd love to see uh any anyone's list if you guys have a list with blood mist in it please hop in the discord and send it my way i'd love to love to check it 
out. So this card inspired me to look for, I'd like to build a mono red Innistrad deck, but that's impossible Ooh. because there are no <laughs> legendary creatures that are mono red in Innistrad. So then my- Really? I, I know. And really? so I have open on Scryfall right now. I'm looking through cards because what I, then my other thought was like, oh, that Avacyn the Purifier card is so cool because it turns from white to red, but there's no right. red color identity on it. So it's technically- oh mono white for commander unless that's something you play with you know your if you if it's red white for who because the card when you flip it is red but there's no red mana anywhere on the card interesting and i guess i don't know uh, what uh, what works like audric blood cursed um trying to find somebody you could do any <laughs> olivia card but olivia doesn't really vibe uh i don't think yeah. uh i think audric blood cursed there isn't a or, or Gisela Blade of Gold Knight, maybe. But like, you know, there's no Nahiri that is a legendary creature. Nahiri is only a planeswalker. Yeah. So like, yeah, Audric Bloodcursed is really the Innistrad character. You could build sort of like an anger themed red. Although Gisela red, feels white. like a good choice, though, too. Agreed. That it's a good like for combat stuff. Like Gisela's pretty solid double, anyways. Double double. <laughs> is that quadruple damage? Yeah. <laughs> Double strike plus dealing double damage. So just create a proxy. Damage, I think. Create yeah. a proxy of Gisela as <laughs> Avison, the purifier, and then you yeah, know, or yeah. any sort of you can call it Avison, whatever. Right. Um, and then make like an anger themed uh, red white deck. I think uh, that would be kind of sick, though. Would be that would be sick with only Innistrad, with only cards featured on the plane of Innistrad. I mess with that idea, and also people just love that aesthetic. Yeah, so I feel 100%. like I feel like Innistrad. I don't know the exact numbers on this, but out of all the flavorful decks that exist, I feel like Innistrad would have the top spot in terms of like what people are building, right? Because they just love that. People love that Eldritch horror aesthetic, and I I feel like I could see that happening very easily. I'm I'm sniffing around. It's smells like it's that time of the day oh i think you guys you guys mm -hmm. kind of ready for the, the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay are you guys ready for cress's chaos pick of the day yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Those noises were unhinged. I hope I you're ready, it. Jordan. I've, yeah. I've conjured up a special selection for you. I hope you're oh, ready. Really? Well, okay, so I'm sitting here. We just redid my office, and now it's no That's longer true. my office. Uh, it's my wife and I's office. We took my office, turned it into the bedroom, which was a smaller space in our apartment, and now the where what used to be the bedroom is now a huge office space for the two of us. This is important context, because yes, now I, okay, okay. when I work and do research for the podcast, my wife is working and sitting right next to me. Which is great. I love that. I love uh, that. And so... So, so cute. She has a favorite card I will not disclose because we might talk about it. Okay, true. Uh, in a later cool. time, on a later episode. Yeah. But uh, she was like, look up something like that. And I <laughs> was already looking for cards. Uh, I was looking specifically through black enchantment cards. Uh-huh. Because I thought that would be an interesting vibe for under a dollar. And what I landed okay. on... Jordan, are Ooh. you ready? Yes, I am For ready. my chaos pick is Erebos's M. Emissary. Erebos is what? It's three and a black enchantment creature snake 
It's got bestow five and a black. If you Whoa. cast this card for its bestow cost, it's an aura spell with enchant creature. It becomes a creature again <laughs> if it's not attached to a creature. Discard a creature card. Erebos's emissary gets plus two, plus two until the end of turn. If Erebos's emissary is an aura, enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two until the end of turn instead. Next line, enchanted creature gets plus three, plus three. Oh, <gasps> Right. Yo, that is so sick. So this card is cool. I Theros what? is cool. We were talking about Kaldheim, but Theros is also I, yeah. All the I, you know, uh, I'm in cat. All of the like when they when they do like big uh, pantheon god yeah. pantheon sets. I'm like, yes. I want some of that. One hundred percent agreed. And as a Greek mythology, I was like a gr- a big Greek mythology nerd as well. I don't know about you, but like I had like the books about like the Greek gods and mm-hmm. uh, my parents were always like buying me stuff like that as a kid and i, I was very into that stuff mm-hmm. and theros is just a great little playground for that sort of child in me yeah because all the art and art direction is just like geared towards that kind of stuff it's so cool 100 percent. i love this card yeah by the way this is i think because there's a ton of these kinds of cards like the bestow like from the old yeah, Ther- theros sets, play like... is huge in theros and that and and you know yeah. so i we could talk about that i i love it the, i love building enchantment based theros decks in particular they're very fun i'm gonna want to <laughs> build a deck around this this is very cool so if i'm getting this right uh-huh. it, it's an enchantment mm-hmm. you can cast it as a creature but you can also cast it as an aura spell with its b- bestow cost and it would give the enchant whatever enchanted creature plus three plus three right additionally at instant speed at instant speed you could activate this ability to discard a creature card from your hand and pump whatever either the creature itself Erebos's emissary or the creature it's enchanted right to so you have three creatures in your hand that you do not care about it's end game you've put this on your commander plus three three on your commander you've discard yeah. three cards from your hand you've given it another plus six you're so you're giving it plus, giving it plus nine to swing in for some commander damage right like if you know that I, yeah it's yeah so cool i love it a lot i think that's very sick it is eight and cents. also <laughs> it's eight cents <laughs> And what I'm thinking of is in decks, especially that want to be discarding creatures and recurring them and things like that. This is a great way to pitch a ton of creatures all at once into the graveyard. Mm-hmm. It's also a great way to like, you could loop this and like maybe somehow jankily like infinitely buff a creature. Right. If you have like the tools and, you got and, the and stuff. got the brain but for doing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. In like a graveyard based, maybe like Voltron something. I don't know. This is a very interesting card. It's got a lot of my gears turning and thank you for this selection i you're welcome this is great i had no idea this existed this my is sick commander highlight for this card is anicthea anicthea anic onicthea oh, anicthea 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 i think yeah, yeah anicthea hand of erebos yes so yes, uh, flavorful two white black green legendary enchantment creature demigod uh, she's got menace. Other enchantment creatures you control have menace. Whenever Anicthea enters the battlefield or attacks, exile t- up to one target non-aura yeah, creature. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Exile up to one target non-aura enchantment card from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of that card, except it's a three-three black zombie creature in addition to its other types. So it also is an enchantment creature. Yeah. Other enchantment creatures. So not only does the snake get a buff as well if you just play it as a creature, but plus five onto Anicthea right away is pretty insane. Would be nuts. Yeah. Or be plus nuts. three even. Seven, seven damage 
right away is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. And also, she's got an ability that cares about the graveyard, which cares about specifically, well, anything non-aura related. But Mm -hmm. if you're discarding enchantment creatures into the yard, you can reanimate them as token copies with her. Like, it's this is great. Excellent selection. Thank you. Excellent selection. Thank you. Thank you. And that kind of brings us into (gasps) the Discord poll of the week, baby. So for those of you who don't know, every single episode, we have a segment where we poll the people in our Discord, uh, which is free to join, by the way. You can join in the description of the show notes or the bios of any of our social media accounts. And in there, we do lots of amazing stuff. But one of the things we do is every week we have a poll uh, and we poll all of our Discord members about an MTG related question and then we sort of gather the stats and talk about it on the podcast and sort of break it down and analyze it and it's a lot of fun so this week we asked people which set are you most excited for in 2024 Uh, murders at karlov manor fallout universes beyond outlaws of thunder junction modern horizons 3 assassin's creed another universes beyond release bloomborough and duskmorn house of horror and unfortunately i forgot to add ravnica remastered to that list so if that was your favorite, we're sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> apologies to the uh, the reprint fans out there, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go off those that the, the stats here in Cressus kind of compiled all the stats into one. Yeah. So we little got... beautiful pie chart here. So let's talk about it. Number one by like a lot, a lot of viewers. Uh, <laughs> people are really excited for Bloomborough. That's a yeah. sitting at thirty point nine three percent of our votes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thirty yeah, percent. Wow. Votes. Yeah, almost 31. That is, well, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I was going to say I'm surprised by that, but the more I think about it, the more I realize its appeal because one, it's very reminiscent. Yeah, it's a bunch of cute, it's going to be like cute anthropomorphic like animals. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of buzz. That's not a pun. There's been a lot of buzz about on the internet of like, hopefully they're going to introduce some kind of like Selesnia coded bee people, like bumblebee people. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? <laughs> oh man, I don't even I don't even know what to think about that. I <laughs> I think that's great. No, I, I would love that. I will make a buzz 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 deck. I will. I will. Exactly. But I think also people just love they love cute little, stuff. Little guys. And Bloomborough's got little guys hey, just like me. Uh, you know, Pokémon's my favorite franchise of all time. Sorry Magic the Gathering. Uh so that's I valid. get it. I like my little guys. That's valid, honestly, and I think maybe that could play into people's like uh preferences in, in this poll. Also at least the bits of artwork that we've received so far from Bloomborough mm-hmm. indicate that it's very reminiscent of like Redwall. And I was a huge fan of the Redwall books uh, growing up. I don't. They're I don't about know. basically like little. They're little guys. Okay. <laughs> who fight wars and like <laughs> have feasts and like they're all it's all like little mice and moles and rabbits and uh badgers and they all like who can speak english like and imperial and are warriors and stuff <laughs> i remember it being a lot warmer and kinder than that like there's also lots of like little dinners and like feasts that they have and okay, like so it's very Vikings. um <laughs> <laughs> yes no okay okay not that vikings I, were I'm the only that... only groups of people who had feasts <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i think i think uh generally speaking this makes sense the more i think about it this is all i'm saying there's lots of connections to animals that yeah, we as sure. humans I mean, have I like and little guys. a plane that's focused on that people are gonna 
people are gonna freak I, out. I over, like but... seeing a little gerbil in a in a in a pseudo armor. I that I, a little tunic. I, I like it. who doesn't? Yeah, I get it. No, that's a vibe. Yeah. I played I played I played tunic with a little fox uh, dressed up as Link. It's a Zelda. It's an indie game based heavily off of the original Zelda. It's called Tunic. It's called Tunic. It's very good. And he oh. plays a little fox. I th- we've been talking about this is off topic, but we we've been talking about maybe getting into some Zelda for me. I think I might oh, get yeah. Breath of the Wild. You should. And sort that of... game is good. Uh, it's very good. <laughs> also, I think for people who don't play play a lot of video games, like I think it's really mm. accessible. Well, that's me. Because and and some people might disagree with this, but I think it's accessible in the way that it teaches you that you can kind of do whatever you want, as opposed mm, to a game yeah. like I'm playing Baldur's Gate with my wife right now, and that yeah. game you can also do whatever you want, but it is not easily accessible <laughs> it is not it is a game especially since we play it on a console so we're playing with controllers mm. so it's it's oh nice it's like not interesting it's it's too much <laughs> sometimes kind of counterintuitive yeah whereas zelda is like okay yeah so you got some arrows you could kill those guys with some arrows or if you got a stick you could go hit those guys with a stick <laughs> or you could sneak around those guys not kill them at all and, or you could yeah. blow them up with a bomb speaking of bombs that's a great segue and to talk about the rest of the list right. what's on, what else is on the on the rest of the list uh, people will understand once we talk about uh, it the next one after bloomborough is uh at sitting at 21.65 percent and i think this is what you were leading up to yeah it's <laughs> outlaws of thunder junction which we have yeah. talked about in a previous episode oh oh my gosh which unfortunately the commenters on the video told us that heavy rock cutter will not be making a return they make those italicized uh keywords only for certain sets we got some awesome fan art in the discord though we did get an amazing proxy from one of the mods little red panda yeah uh she made us a drillber proxy like exactly what we talked about if little red panda's unbelievable i'll see if if we can put it in the video (laughs) oh my god yes put it up on the video (laughs) yeah that would be incredible please yeah uh this was also your pick it was my pick i mean i was a huge fan of new capenna's design yeah and anything that's sort of i'm 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 interested in how they take thunder junction i'm I'm gonna be i'm very interested to see how it goes yeah Uh, i'm mostly hype about it because if they can do gangsters so well i'm sure they can do cowboys so well and you know i'm a i'm an actor i love movies i do enjoy like cowboy and western aesthetic and to see my favorite games sort of dive into that realm and space is very very cool i'm very excited it's it's a little weird to like be you know well in it's 2024 like well into the 21st century to where the 20th century can be like feel like fantasy used as a fantasy Uh, right like 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 1920s new capenna and then you got like the early 1900s with like the american railway so like exactly (laughs) it's a little uh outlaws yeah (laughs) it's a little although i think outlaws were a bit before that too i think they were like yeah yeah i mean mean, all the 19th century 20th century but still i mean the same applies (laughs) sure 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 that's like not that long ago when you like think of it in the grand scheme of things but we're like that was that was a long time ago yeah but it's long enough for that to be our like a fantasy realm right in the way that we view medieval times as like which also wasn't like that long ago exactly i didn't realize that thunder junction was above the next one that's why i made the bomb joke because it's about it's fallout (laughs) number three is fallout sitting at 19 percent. so yeah like i was not expecting that about even with thunder junction look i played the fallout games i'm very excited for that set which makes sense i'm sure i guess it's a larger subset of people who are into the games and think that it's going to be 
well, good for magic and stuff. Again, too. it's the, that like a neo 1950s aesthetic is so cool with like the, uh, you know, mm. like the rounded metal electronics. Uh, but like everything's nuclear powered. Like this universe, like I think figured out nuclear fusion. So like there's like mm-hmm. weird, like things are battery powered and it's like post apocalypse right after the nuclear war. But well, there's also been plenty of um, there's like monsters cards spoiled already too, right? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at them. I bet there is. There are. I there's want about it 50 to be cards a secret because I feel like that set is going to feel very similar to me that Lord of the Rings did. Yeah, not it's... quite as like it fits in magic, like, but honestly, not so far away, right? With Kamigawa and the uh, Warhammer mm-hmm. sets, like we're getting sort of this like future uh, cyberpunky, cyberpunky, yeah, but like post-apocalypse now, which will fit with more like New Capenna and Thunder Junction vibes too. So uh, I think it's going to be cool. I think that's cool. Well, I think we can just sort of rattle off the rest no uh, uh, well yeah 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 because yeah. we gotta yeah we can rattle we, off we the gotta rest. We're, we're running over time now that's fine we've been chatting we'll for so long chop it up <laughs> uh after that it people are excited for modern horizons 3 which is not a surprise yeah uh 10 and then at nine percent dusk morn house of horror and i can't believe it's that low but that's my vote it's so cool yeah the the few art pieces that i've seen have it's been like a, looking crazy it's like a liminal space it's like think back rooms uh if you know what that is where it's just like a never-ending haunted house hotel-esque like every turn there's like monsters inside of it you can never escape the house um there's no real Whoa. outside the entire set takes place within its eerie walls yeah. the, within the walls of one giant haunted mansion right what yeah so it and you can't leave like there is nothing outside it, that is the plane is the inside it's like a yeah it's uh, i'm so stoked for this um the aesthetic is so cool and you know uh i know it maybe seems similar to we're getting karloff manor as well murders of, at karloff manor which is like a murder mystery that takes place in Rafnica. also kind of in a mansion yeah yeah but that's not the same vibe that is like gotcha murder mystery like sort of cheeky fun clue story and this is like no 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 my wife said it's oh she's got a book chant book youtube she's part book tube she says it's akin to like yeah. uh it reminded her of something like from house of leaves yes oh my gosh yes yes so, yes yes i remember that book i do i remember when everyone in my friend group was reading it at a, at a certain point everyone was obsessed with it and then nobody seems that excited for a sad Assassin's Creed, um, which I, I, I mean, (laughs) um, I'm not not excited for it. I think I'll know again, a a little gamer over here, but it's like Assassin's Creed is like the real world, but with a fake Assassin's organization. Okay. As far as I'm aware, I know there's some like virtual VR stuff, like reliving your past life like science fiction aspect to the story but like aesthetic wise for cards it's like yeah what if rome but these guys had knives <laughs> so i like I, i'm super curious I, and look i haven't played yeah. past the fourth the black flag so i don't know where that series went and like all the yeah. fans of that those games like what what an entire set of is it going to go through all of them is it going to just focus on Ezio's story is it going to fo- just like the broad like is it just like oh this card's from uh, I don't know I I, I am not I, again this is where my my weaknesses are coming out because I have no idea so you're talking to the wrong the wrong person I, I just hear know you. that it's, it's kind of sneaky there's probably gonna be lots of rogues <laughs> Do you think they'll be called Probably. rogues, or do you think they'll they'll be like a new type? Do you think there will be like an assassin specific type 
that's made for uh Ooh, that might be cool though made f- that might be cool like subtype specifically a hitman subtype would be cool hitman the franchise would also be a cool universe beyond hitman that's a that's a video game wait <laughs> i need to guess i need to play more video games or just learn about this stuff that's no, okay well when I we hate being when outside it comes of the references out, when it comes out when we do that podcast episode i'm sure you'll you have been well researched for going into yeah, the I'll podcast have, i'll have played uh <laughs> breath of the wild already yeah and that will and help be you a, with this video game Creed. expert <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but okay cool well that is a great little poll of the week thanks for compiling all those stats baby i appreciate it you're welcome now let's move on to the last segment of the day mm-hmm. we're gonna go into our patron question of the day <gasps> so for those of you who don't know this is a, a segment of the podcast where if you're a patron at our three dollar tier you get added to a channel in the discord that's just the patrons and you can or sorry three dollars and above so you get this if you pay for our other tiers as well you get to ask us questions that we answer on the podcast and it's great and a really great way to sort of try and stump us or catch us off guard or get to know us a little bit more and get to know our opinions so this week's question is asked by jacuzzi slash jake so thank you dude we appreciate your support so much you're the best and he asks us at the current status of commander what color or color pair is overpowered and underpowered think overpowered would be simic just because i mean blue green it's just i mean it comes to my mind fast but i don't know there's been some good stuff lately i mean they've been really working hard at balance i feel like i feel like it shows in the gameplay overpowered i would still say blue green just because of that sheer combination of card draw and ramp and value like it just feels like i remember when they printed coma sure cosmos serpent yeah i was like what (laughs) That is ridiculous. I I remember just looking at that and being like, you've got to be kidding me. But I think in terms of like, underpowered i would have said red white maybe two or three years ago but, but they've, the case like anymore. you said they've done a really good job of uh, balancing I that think, stuff out i think maybe mono black might be on the chopping that block that is right good now. that's a good one so just because mono white's gotten a lot of support recently yeah, too and i feel like mon- a lot of cool commanders in, in response to pushing so much red and white identity i feel like we've lost a little bit of right black used to be board control yeah. you know destruction and or deck a graveyard uh, but that's also yeah, got green maybe, um, influence but mono black itself like uh it's sort of like uh, the, the using your life as value i guess is sort of but again that bleeds into red black that bleeds into white black so mono black is i think maybe doesn't have as much of its identity as it used to and that might be the next that's valid that might be the next uh one to step up I'm thinking in terms of like commanders printed. I haven't seen like a a sort of like very, very powerful or popular black blue commander in a while. Yeah. Like I'm trying to rack my brain and I I can only come up with maybe like there's Runo Stromkirk from Innistrad. Like I'm not recalling any that are. doesn't really need that much support, right? Zombies, you've got mill recursion, you've got. Oh, true. Yeah, true. There's the zombie stuff. There's there's not. I don't think there's need for black blue in the format. So maybe my answer is mono black too, because yeah. mono blue has also gotten some really cool stuff recently as well. I think there's I think there's some identity that needs to be uh, in these next few sets moving forward. Some some stronger it's some mono black options. I like that. Going back to overpowered, did they was the question specifically pairings? Uh, it was color or color pair, so it, it could be either. Okay, well I frankly. And I don't know how many options there are. There can always be more options. But when I'm playing at 
the table. I think you're right. I think Simic is. But I'm also, like, super, super uh, salty to, like, red-blue players. Oh, interesting. Um, a lot of those, like, really uh, high-tech copying, blasting you with a billion sorceries over and over and over again. And then when you add sure. green to that, so, like, green, red, blue. Teamer. Just, like, yeah, yeah, in general, as a color identity so i mean for commander right yeah uh, i know it's not a pairing but those three colors in conjunction to me i always that's kind of like my big red flag at a table is like okay what are you doing here interesting are you just putting a bunch of really good green cards in a deck for mana base blue cards for control and red cards that you can copy over and over again yeah i because and, and just trying to chain whatever you can in your hand I, that to me is like eh. <laughs> I don't, it's the same. It does, it, that doesn't, it's overpowered in a way that I feel like black has lost an identity because it's underpowered in some ways. This is, doesn't really have an identity past that when I see those three colors together. Not that each sure, card that that's sense. designed isn't, but the colors themselves, it doesn't feel when like. When you're building a deck, you tend to get the same sort of pile of cards yeah. in that color combo. I, I, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, I still say, I still say Simic would be my, my, my pick. Yeah. I mean, for just... overpowered powered and then mono mono black for under for underpowered i think that's a good yeah. little range right there but the nice thing with simic is that there's so many options now i mean i like for sure and you can build a, a simic deck that's not i love the math crazy deck from from strixhaven i love the math the math oh, magic. yeah <laughs> i love the um there's one that got printed recently called tanos the toy maker who just cares about yeah cares about beasts and birds and that's about it i think we talked about it on the pod actually i think we have talked about that card oh yeah yeah because it was when you brought up garrick's uh garrick's oh compared whatever the hell yeah garrick's companion Mm. Um, because it makes just copies of beasts and birds and that was really fun it was a long time ago but not really (laughs) it was like a little maybe a month and a half ago two months ago but i think that that's sort of that's all she wrote for uh the patron questions jacuzzi thanks dude appreciate the question and if you guys want to support all the fun stuff we do here at the jank center including the podcast short form videos the discord and our monthly giveaways make sure to check out our patreon it's the main way you can support us we've got four awesome tiers a one dollar tier that gets you an extra entry in the giveaways every single month in the discord at the three dollar tier you get an extra entry plus the ability to ask us questions that we answer live on the podcast at the ten dollar tier you get everything plus access to our monthly patreon game nights this is new folks this is very exciting and cool joining at this tier means you get added to an exclusive discord channel where you get to jam games at least once a month with cress and i as well as the other patrons then for our big spenders or people who really just want to support what we're doing here we have the 25 dollar tier supporting at this tier means that you get everything from the other tiers plus shout outs at the beginning of every video slash podcast and the opportunity if you're comfortable to be a guest on our five cards or die series. If you don't have the funds to support through Patreon though, never fear because you can also join the Discord and be a part of that community completely for free. The EDH Jank Center Discord is a public Discord of a bunch of people that love budget, janky, and underutilized cards. That's about it. We talk about sets, spoilers, cards, budget brews, and anything and everything under the MTG sun. We also host monthly giveaways, as I mentioned before, of fun MTG product every single month. That's great. That's free of charge. You can join, participate in those. Um, If you're a patron though, you get an extra entry. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube, follow the Instagram and TikTok at the EDH Jank Center, and make sure to leave a five-star review of this podcast on the 
listening platform of your choice. It really helps us a ton. Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't, if you haven't already checked out the last episode, which is the our five cards or die, our first episode with Chuki, absolutely. Yes, please do. Uh, please click, do that. Uh, we'll put a we'll put that link on the video. Um, but if you're listening on uh, you know on an audio device, it should be the episode four. So correct, correct. Check that out. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you want more content like that? We need. We want to see that those kinds of episodes get a lot of engagement. Um, yeah, please do. Please do. We we love interviewing people. So if we can make that happen more often, that would be so sick. And maybe we can get your favorite creator on eventually too. Ooh. Unless, unless your favorite creator is us, in which case that's very nice and we love you. And then maybe you could be on here. Be that's the true. That's also true. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so many options. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I think that's that's time for us to uh, to GTFO, for lack of a better phrase. Do you have a you have anything to say? Anything that is your uh, catchphrase? That, <laughs> that, could is, be that is the catchphrase the that I say, say every single time. At the end of the episode. All right. Well, that's us signing off. And remember, kiddos, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the spirit of the format is the gathering. Yeah. Love you all. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>